Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't yet joined our wonderful Flywheel Nation community, go to flywheelnation.com and join in the podcast conversations. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Our brain makes sense of its environment. It decodes all the signals that it collects from the environment on the basis of the software in the brain, which is beliefs. So therefore, what you believe to be true is true. So when you allow this sense of openness and curiosity and you adopt this sense of experimentation in just lighthearted, playful ways, then over time you start to shift what you believe is possible, what you believe is true, and by doing so more routinely, luck can flow. So it really is your own behaviors that are driving that. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with leadership and business coach Khalid Gorab and with video and content marketing specialist Cheryl Plouffe, then do go check them out. But stay here, listen to today's conversation first. I'm really excited to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest today, Monica Lawrence. She's a business and brand strategist. She's CEO of Venture Studio, a serial entrepreneur, and the creator of Quantum Surfing. Monica also owns and runs the Tavola Fiji Boutique Resort. In our conversation today, Monica talked to me about quantum surfing, what it is, and how to use it to engineer luck. She talked to me about how to tap into our intuition and strengthen our intuition muscle. And we talked about playful experiments with no expectations of the outcome. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Monica Lawrence. Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Savu Savu in Fiji, Monica Lawrence, who's a brand strategist, a quantum surfing mindset trainer. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Monica. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. That's so wonderful to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me and giving us a chance to have a great conversation with your entire audience. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And you're my first ever guest that's calling in from Fiji. (laughs) It's a first. Well, it's a gorgeous day here in the tropics. Truly stunning. And it's a beautiful place to enjoy from time to time. Wonderful. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it in our conversation. Now, we met in Jason Van Orden and Michael Roderick's networking meetings and Jason was our guest on episode 275 and Michael on episode 328. So big hello to both Jason and Michael. Mm. Now we've talked about Fiji. So you run a boutique resort in Fiji and at the same time you coach entrepreneurs to innovate faster for exponential impact and you do what you call quantum surfing mindset training. Now before we start talking about all those things because I'm really fascinated by that and fascinated to dig in deeper. Before we do that, what's the impact you're making in the world today? Well, I'm really excited about giving entrepreneurs the tools to really be free to create with greater impact. Um, Over time, I really observed that the creation methods that we're taught 
and that we therefore adopt as um, you know high-powered performers is really akin to paddling on a board. It's as if we don't realize that the possibility of surfing even exists. And if you imagine the difference between paddling and surfing, and you say, oh, wow, all right, well, surfing is fun, it's exhilarating, it's fast, it, um, you know, it's playful in nature, and catching a wave doesn't take your own personal energy like paddling really does. So it's those concepts that I've pulled together as a way of setting entrepreneurs free to create with joy. Mm. And lots of uh, lots less energy than than if they had to paddle, particularly if it was kind of the, the common expression uh, going up the creek without uh, in a barbed wire canoe, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, quantum surfing. So what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I was, I've been an entrepreneur for decades now. I actually started my career as a consultant, and um, then I moved into entertainment after business school, working with top creative visionaries um, in Disney and in Lucasfilm. And I started seeing how these uh, real visionary, transformative people were creating. So I started weaving some of those ideas into the entrepreneurship that I was then later experiencing in Silicon Valley. So I had this basis in creation. And then about 10 years ago, I kind of stumbled into some um principles and spirituality, which were fascinating to me. And so I decided to dive into those a little more deeply and explore. Uh, and it was such an exciting experience that I finally stepped back and said, how do I apply this? How do I apply this to creation? And for me, uh, business is really a creative canvas. It's uh, the tools of the artist are creating the business. And so I started taking these um, spiritual principles and making them predictable. And I would call it a style of application called applied enlightenment. So quantum surfing is really a combination of entrepreneurship, quantum mechanics, neuroscience, and applied enlightenment. Mm, fascinating. One of the things that we've talked about in a conversation before was the idea of engineering luck, which to me encapsulates some of some of the description you gave me in the past. So, yeah, tell me more about this concept of quantum surfing and how that relates to the idea that you can engineer your own luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, quantum surfing is really kind of mastery of consciousness, which is a interconnected web that uh, connects all of us to one another. Um, luck, interestingly enough, is um, the outcome of lucky behaviors. We tend to think of luck as just kind of random and non-repeatable. Um, but I would call it akin to getting up on the board. And in fact, it's the first course in quantum surfing focuses on these lucky behaviors. And those behaviors, there's four of them, and then there's an accelerator. So those four behaviors are curiosity and openness, resilience, positive expectations, and intuition. And then the accelerator is playfulness. And it's so interesting, but if you practice these behaviors, then things start to shift. You truly can become predictably lucky. And it's really a delightful discovery. And it, over time, starts to shift what you believe is possible. Mm. That's fascinating. Now, you talked about the first step of that akin to getting up on the board in surfing. 
and I'm not a surfer but I have had one surfing lesson um, and I was probably fairly late in life so I wasn't as athletic as when I was a lot younger. One of the things I do recall is that the hardest thing was to actually get up on the board to the point where you could actually stand and hold balance for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And once yeah. you mastered that, yeah. everything else seemed to be... And of course, I wasn't riding big waves. So I was riding little gentle baby waves like beginner, <laughs> beginner surf. Um, but once you mastered that first step, riding that beginner surf wave seemed to be quite easy after that. So tell me a little more about those initial steps in kind of in the metaphor taking it to real life of mastering that actually standing on the board and keeping your balance. Yeah, the, the first course in quantum surfing is called Getting Up on the Board, and we go through mm. and practice the lucky behaviors. Right? Uh, the second course is called Balancing on the Board. Like once you're up on that board, how do you stay in balance? And then the third course, which I'm actually, I've got in surf shop at the moment, um, is called uh, surfing towards your target. How do you be intentional about directing that board and making sure that you're taking the opportunities that are truly taking you in the direction that you desire? So um, all of these courses have come about from my own experiments and experiments with others. Um, you know, if you, if you look at getting up on the board, which is akin to luck, it's like catching a wave. Like if you imagine that you went through life and that luck just kind of followed you, that would take a lot less effort than the model that we typically mm. use, which is, you know, planning and methodically executing and pausing until we've lined up all the resources and we're constantly in this analytical and often a forcing mode. Um, maybe every once in a while something serendipitous happens, but we're not pursuing a framework that uh, in which we would expect serendipity to happen. And that's really the difference between paddling and surfing. So we start by practicing these lucky behaviors, and every week people come and share uh, what happened to them that past week. These are online virtual courses. And um, what happens over time is that they people become so predictably and uncannily lucky that they shift what they believe is possible. Now, the reason that this is so important is because the neuroscience research shows us that our brain makes sense of its environment. It decodes all the signals that it collects from the environment by, on the basis of the software in the brain, which is beliefs. Mm. So, therefore, what you believe to be true is true. So when you allow this sense of openness and curiosity and you adopt this sense of experimentation in just lighthearted, playful ways, then over time you start to shift what you believe is possible, what you believe is true, and by doing so more routinely, luck can flow. So it really is your own behaviors that are driving that. And this is what we call getting up on the board. To your point on balancing on the board, like once you've gotten up there, or like you've caught a lucky wave, right? Well, how do you stay um, on that board? And there's a number of different techniques uh, that we go through in quantum surfing too, to stay in alignment. Um, you know, that's a matter, if you have ever watched a surfer, they're very fluid, but at the same time, extraordinarily stable. Um, and it's that combination of being able to be responsive, uh, while also having, um, supporting structure that allows someone to really surf artfully. Mm, fascinating. That's a brilliant metaphor. Um, 
can you give us a couple of examples of lucky behaviours that, that people can kind of try out that might be different to what we normally do day to day? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's of those lucky behaviors, one that we discuss um, in some detail is intuition, which is a sense that all of us have, but we rarely are trained or encouraged to tap into our intuition. And so you might think of it as a sense that, um, and it kind of, it definitely goes unused, but it, it's like it's atrophied. So we try to bring it back to life, you know? Um, and so we just have low stakes games in order to bring it back to life. So one of the games that we have is um, intuitive wanderings. So, you know, if you're going to, all of us have patterns and routines, and especially when we're very driven, we might be extraordinarily structured and we have a way of getting ourselves through a day. And that serves us well, but it doesn't allow for us to notice things that are in our environment because we're seeing right past them. So if we set aside a little bit of time for intuitive wandering, that might be, hmm, I've had dinner and I think I'm going to take an evening walk. Now, usually I might take an evening walk that goes around the block and passes here and there. And and maybe I'm listening to a podcast, perhaps your podcast. And, you know, I'm also applying structure to that walk. But in an intuitive wandering, we put all that aside and go out for a walk. And at each point on that walk, you simply ask yourself, where do I feel to go? And so, oh, I, I don't know why I feel to go right or I feel to go left, or I feel to go straight, I feel to turn around. It's this notion of a feeling as a way of connecting with the environment. So we do this um, just as an exercise, a playful exercise, and then people come back and share their experiences. And there's always wonderful outcomes from this particular experiment. Um, but one one gentleman in our course, he had just sold his startup and he was in that phase kind of contemplating his next startup. And he had been collecting inspiration and ideas for the next startup for the past year. And so he was enrolled in quantum surfing and um, considered himself to be a bit of an introvert and someone who really likes his schedule. He likes his structure. It makes him feel safe and secure. So he said, all right, well, I'm going to like toss this all to the wind and I'm going to, you know, give this a whirl. So (laughs) he goes out on an intuitive wander uh, after dinner. And he asks himself when he gets to, you know, each turn, which direction to turn, left, right, left, right. And he finds himself after this intuitive wandering at a service station. He walks in because he's feeling a bit thirsty. And the attendant at the service station says to him, oh, wow, where did you come from? You, did you drive here? <laughs> did you walk here? Like, how did, how did you get here? And he says, well, I'm actually kind of new in the neighborhood, and I just thought I would take a walk around and, you know, see what there is to see. So these these two guys got to talking. Now, the gentleman who was enrolled in quantum surfing had been looking for some particular information about non-fungible tokens and had not been able to discover that information, although he had been in a directed search for it for some time. And just luckily, out of you know serendipity and coincidence, the gentleman he starts speaking with at the service station happens to be an expert in NFTs in precisely the way in which this gentleman was interested in learning about them. Mm -hmm. And so this struck up almost a mentoring relationship. Now, you know, if you step back and you, you think about this, that is really a crazy and uncanny coincidence because you would never get up and go to the service station to talk to the attendant about NFTs. You just wouldn't do it. That's just one example. Yeah, that's right. 
Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty amazing, and um, I guess we we notice some of those things because they're so unusual. But your point is that by paying more attention to our intuition and learning to use it more, we can actually put ourselves into an environment where that kind of thing can happen, or at least we can notice when there's the opportunity for that. Yeah, absolutely. Those types of coincidences really are in abundance, and we miss them. And they're they're mm. playful and joyful and fun and easy. It doesn't take nearly as much effort. Um, you know, we only have a certain amount of energy every day, so to be able to have surprises flow in like that is really a gift. Mm. So when we do, let's say we do this little exercise of um, intuitive walk or intuitive exploration, how do we get into the mindset of noticing things that perhaps we normally wouldn't notice that are outside of our structure, our normal framework? How do we get into the habit? How do we learn how to notice those things and then pay attention to those opportunities like that example where oh, that's something I've been looking for for ages and now all of a sudden here's a connection. Yeah, I find the information flows in in lots of different ways. Uh, just as you were saying now, the fact that you just become aware that you want to tune your attention and your consciousness to things that might otherwise go unnoticed, it's fascinating when you do that and you just open yourself to all inputs, whether it be the lyrics in a song or someone happens to cross your path and you're wondering, why is this person talking to me? What are they really saying? Um, and so those are diff like two different examples um, of inputs. I think one of the ways to really feel into this concept of intuition is to not always process it through the brain. So, I don't know, about 12, 15 years ago, I worked with a coach, um, and he was absolutely <laughs> transformative because he would ask me a single question at the end of each session together. and. That question was, Monica, when do you feel to meet next? Now, he was in Israel, and I was in California. And I thought, oh, this is just a language difference. You know, this is he's not asking me, when do I feel to meet next? <laughs> he's asking me, when, when do you want to meet next? And so I, I looked at my calendar, and I did what we all do. I thought, well, I want to keep this project on track. I'm committed to this coaching. I don't want to allow too much time to go by, but I do need some time to integrate what we've already discussed. So I don't want to do it one week out, but two weeks out is too far. So, you know, let's do it in a week and a half. And I, I proposed a time. He said, super, I'm, I'm happy to do it that time. Is that when you feel to meet next? And this is when I realized that, oh, he actually meant to ask the question that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, you know, I'm so sorry. I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what it means. When do I feel to meet next? And he said, well, just try, Monica. Just try. Like, try to answer that question by feeling. So I sat there and I tried to feel something. And I sat there until something came that was a feeling that wasn't a thought, you know, that structured thought where you're organizing everything. Hmm. And I finally said to him, okay, I don't feel to meet in a week and a half. I feel to meet in two and a half weeks. And he said, wonderful, then we'll, we'll meet then. I said, I want to be perfectly clear. I do not want to meet in two and a half weeks. It does not solve for my schedule of keeping this on track. It doesn't even, you know, dovetail with the goals and objectives that I've set in place for myself. I, I don't want to meet in two and a half weeks. But if you're asking me when do I feel to meet, it's two and a half weeks. He said, super, I'll see you then. What was so interesting is he 
completely shifted how I think about questions of timing. Um, and when that meeting with him came in two and a half weeks, it was the perfect time. And I started doing that with other things in my life, like when do I feel to leave to go to this appointment? Um, when do I feel to do a particular meetup and so forth? And whenever I take that approach, I'm always precisely on time, precisely in sync. And so it is this sense of feeling that is a form of intuition that allows you to tap into kind of a natural rhythm and timing that you otherwise would go completely unnoticed. Hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating, fascinating story. You brought up something there that uh, sparked a thought in my mind, and that's the concept of time as as it applies to that sort of thing. And of course, being in Fiji, you will well know the idea of island time and and that Fijians yes. in particular have a different concept of time than us Westerners. And yes. it can, if you're um, expecting something to be done by in Fiji on a Western timetable with a Western framework around time, uh, it can be very frustrating if you don't understand how to make it clear in their language and, and also to respect the view that they have of time. So how, do, how does this new idea of the uh, when you feel to do things fit in with kind of the different views that different cultures have of time and, and that framework? I, I think that you've really tapped into it in your question when you've said that in their language they speak and consider time in a different way than we do using English. Um, that is the cultural fascination that I have because language really does shape how we think. Language isn't just a way to communicate. Language carries an, an entire set of beliefs and culture with it. And we are completely unaware that when we speak a certain language, we're carrying those beliefs. And because we've mastered our behaviors and our ability to excel using that language, we think that it's our way is best, but it's just what we've become accustomed mm. to. So, you know, and the, it's a very interesting to uh, compare and contrast English to Fijian. During the pandemic, I was in lockdown here in Fiji, and so looking to pass the time since the resort um, couldn't function at full capacity anymore. And I, uh, with a group of friends, took several classes in the Fijian language. Now, they don't have tenses the same way we do in English. Mm. It's essentially, they speak in the present tense. And if they want to slightly indicate that it's going to happen or that it did happen, they insert a preposition. But otherwise, the sentence is the same, which is very different from the number of the future tenses that we have in the English language. If you think about the environments in which these two languages were, were born, in Fiji, there's year-round abundance. There's no reason to plan for the future. If you're hungry, you climb a coconut tree or you, you catch a fish. <laughs> it's the land of plenty. It's like living in the Garden of Eden. Of course, in colder climates, you can't take that same approach. You do need to be prepared for those winter months. And so there's preparation. It's necessary for survival. And the languages reflect that. So it's always been fascinating to me that in English we are extraordinarily future-focused. So future-focused that we rarely exist in the present. And we 
our language doesn't even honor the present that much. Like if, um, if you're going to go shopping, you say, I'm going to go shopping. You rarely would say, I, I, sh I am shopping or I, I do the shopping, you know? Um, so this emphasis on I'm always looking forward, looking forward, looking forward does us a disservice because we don't allow ourselves to be immersed in the present. Um, for me, this has been a real gift going back and forth between Silicon Valley and Fiji because it's the combination of the cultures in which there's so much power. Uh, it's the melding of the two that has um, allowed me to benefit from truly enhanced perspective. Um, to be patient when patience is required, to be driving when driving is required, to be playful, which is so much a part of uh, the Fijian culture. Um, I was just laughing yeah, recently. Really we, we experienced, right? <laughs> we, had a, we did experience the Tongan volcano here, um, which resulted in tremors and um, all these uh, echoes from the volcano exploding. And, you know, in Fiji, as Westerners in Fiji, we get quite concerned. What's happening? What's happening? What can we do? And we rush to make sure that we can do something. And, in, and for the Fijians, it's like they're just going to smile and laugh and, and enjoy the beauty of their relationships. And, you know, if the world were ending, you'd be, you'd be having a party in Fiji. And mm. um, there's so much to learn from that difference, you know. So yeah. time is a wonderful question. Thank you for asking it. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And, and the Fijians are very happy people. I remember the last time I was mm -hmm. there and I was out riding with on a um, mountain bike that I'd borrowed from the resort. And I... I was riding on a road, basically the only road along the coast, and riding up a hill. And what had happened was the brake cables had snapped, so I had no brakes. And oh no, no, it wasn't the brake cables. That's right, the the handlebar, the handlebar holder, the bolt had loosened, and I had no tools oh, no. with me, <laughs> so I couldn't. So it wasn't the brakes. I couldn't steer. <laughs> And so I'm riding up up this slight incline um, and holding on to the stem, which was okay, but rolling down the hills was, was really bad. And I was going fairly slow to be conservative, but I didn't want to stop and walk because I was still off quite a ways from the resort. So I sort of rode to try and move quicker than walking. And this teenager, I guess he was, um, popped out from next to the road somewhere and he was in sports gear like basketball gear and he started jogging next to me and then he started a little race with me raced up the hill and then I caught him again on the downhill because I was rolling and he and I was like panicking because I thought I was going to fall off the bike and really concerned and he's like oh this is fun this is a game you know this guy's I can have a race with this guy <laughs> And I thought, oh, it's a different viewpoint. And yeah. <laughs> and he knew, you know, so I stopped refreshing. at some point and jammed some, yeah. jammed some bark into the, into the handlebar stem to try and tighten it a little bit. And, and he stopped <laughs> to look. And, and so I explained what was going on. But he said, oh, whatever. You know, it's still funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This, this, um, spontaneity, the playfulness, the living in the moment, the connection, the natural mm. happiness. These are all cultural traits of um, Fijians that all of us can really learn from. There's some um, you know, real hidden gems to be mm. discovered by allowing yourself to live in that more open way of discovery. And I think one of the points you made earlier about this idea of really learning to listen to our intuition and pay, pay more attention to our intuition and then 
notice things in our surrounding that's very much something if we're always so future focused we kind of ignore what's going on right now in the present which is actually a gift because we get to experience it right now um, and paying attention to what is it that's going on right now um, is is something that i think is part of that whole learning to use your intuition better isn't it yeah, intuition uh, um, is really a fascinating sense. Uh, and just with a little bit of experimentation and practice, yeah, lots is available there. And I'm quite confident that with even more experimentation and practice that even new gifts of intuition would be revealed. Hmm. Okay, so tell me about your resort in the Fiji and how this fits into the picture of your business and the work you do. Well, I had been coming back and forth between Fiji and Silicon Valley for probably 10 years. I mean, originally I came to Fiji when my, um, to see my uncle, so when I was a teenager. And mm. he had moved here in 1972. Uh, yeah. And... So for me, Fiji has always been what I would call my soul's home. It's a place where I just feel at home, where I come alive. Uh, and lots of my family members are Fijian. So this is, I have real roots here in Fiji. Um, and about 10 years ago, I was hanging out with my uncle more frequently. And, um, you know, really came to know and love Fiji from the perspective of an adult rather than a teenager. And I came to a crossroads and I thought, what am I going to do next? And instantly I knew that I was going to buy my own property in Fiji because I wanted to share with other entrepreneurs and creators this melding of energies, this way to come home, to come home to yourself to come home to this lush tropical jungle, to come home to a culture that just innately nurtures happiness, to come home to a place where you are so fully accepted, where there is just unconditional love, and that allows you to be yourself and then step into your full potential. And that's what I was experiencing going back and forth between the two cultures. And I bought this private villa and boutique hotel because I wanted other entrepreneurs and innovators to be able to partake in that experience and really benefit from getting off the grid. Mm. And so you run some of your courses there at the villa? I do. Usually I run the courses virtually. So I, the courses are live, um, online, six-week sessions each. Uh, I've also done the courses in private coaching. Uh, for some people, they want to compress their time and to uh, really give it their undivided attention and focus. So we do it that way. And then others come to Fiji. Sometimes I host retreats here, which I call stillness. And other times people come individually because they know they want an immersion um, and time together. So what we really do here is offer Tavola, which is the name of the resort, um, in a bespoke way. However, the person who's discovering Tavola wants to craft their experience, we're here to make that happen. Mm. Mm. Sounds fascinating, and certainly the photographs on on your website of the resort look very impressive. Very oh, attractive. Makes you. me want to go there. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you. Yeah, it's a special spot. It's eight acres on the shore of Savu Savu Bay. Um, here on the island of Vanuolevu, we have two dramatic bays. Uh, one is Natewa Bay, which is absolutely stunning, and then Savu Savu Bay, which is where my property is located. And so you have the benefit of being able to take a morning swim 
there in the bay and then, you know, come up and get your yoga mat out and then pass by a passion fruit vine or, you know, pineapple plant or your, you know, fresh herbs and harvest those and bring them into the kitchen and really nourish yourself um, with food from the land. And this place has a way of kind of calling in people who have a um, a spirit of discovery and openness, um, and that that's always a total delight um, to discover these kindred spirits. Mm. All right. Well, on that note. Uh We'll have to keep imagining and send people to that website to take a look and learn more. But I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. It's the same five questions that I ask of every guest. And um, the idea is you'll inspire the listener to do something awesome, take some action today that will really make a difference. Super. We might have covered this already, but what's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Curiosity and openness, launching small experiments with no expectation of outcome so that you just have a chance to see what flows in. Yeah, I love the idea of the experiments with no expectation of outcome because I think the the idea, and you talked earlier about planning and we've got this is where we're going and this is the path, and if we're too rigid about that, then at any time we fall off that path or it gets derailed, um, all of a sudden we've learnt nothing and we feel bad because it's a failure. Whereas if we don't have any expectation of an outcome, we say we're going to do this experiment, then we can learn from that. We may end up in place A or place B or place C, um, but regardless we learn wherever we end up. Yeah. yeah, and hopefully we're having fun in that process too. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, now what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? For me, the pandemic was a real gift. I got locked uh, in here in Fiji. And, uh, you know, like everyone else, it's shocking experience to have the world spin to a stop and so much fear around the virus and the impact that it's having on the health of individuals, especially people we know and love, and it's quite troubling, quite a troubling time. Um, I found myself here in the islands in a luxury resort that had no guests uh, because mm. our borders were closed. Our borders were closed for nearly two years. But honestly, without that being the case, I would not have had the time and space to develop the quantum surfing concepts and curriculum. Um, I needed that type of almost meditative reflection um, to bring forth some of these deeper concepts. So mm. it's kind of a surprising outcome from that time. And mm. lots of people have surprising outcomes as well. Yes. So, yeah, so taking time and space for kind of reflection and contemplation and then um, taking that reflection and contemplation and the learnings from that and putting something together that adds value in the future. And in your case, it was a forced yeah. <laughs> forced period. Right. Mm. <laughs> I, I knew that I wanted to bring it, uh, forth these concepts, but I didn't realize how much time I would really need to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is a good story because a lot of people I know uh, in business said, okay, there's lockdowns. We're not going to have people coming to our restaurants or the tourism industry. We're not going to have people coming and visit us. We're not able to go into the office. We're not able to do this work. And so they did nothing and they kind of pulled back. And yet others, I mean, one of the one of the classic examples, I think, in the very early days, and I thought that's brilliant, was, um, and you may even notice, coffee shop. I think it's an Australian who owns the coffee shop and I believe it's in San Francisco. But they mm -hmm. they basically made 
takeaway coffees, went out onto the street and just gave it to all the office workers that were passing by in the very early days when they weren't allowed to come into the coffee shop. And I thought, well, that's a that's an investment in marketing because guess where those people are going to go to get their coffee when everything opens up again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, also community building, you know? Like, mm. It was a time, it was a very fearful time. So just the act of having someone reach out and give you the gift of a coffee is yeah. quite comforting. Mm. Yeah, true. All right, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Uh, a favorite resource? Mm. Is that okay? Uh, great question. I'm a, I'm a real visual person. Um, so a key resource that I put together, uh, not only for myself, but for my brand and identity clients, um, is a message map. Um, mm-hmm. really get clarity on your central message, your why, what's motivating you as an entrepreneur to share your gifts with the world, and then, you know, what does it take to tell that story? So I find that a lot of my clients, when I'm working on my consulting side of the business as a brand and digital strategist, that this identity shaping um, crystallized into a message map is one of the tools that is really, truly helpful for people. Mm, that sounds fascinating. So what, what does the map look like? Is it is it sort of in the form of a mind map or a storyboard? It's a single page. Um, there's a, and it's visual, so there's a central bubble in which you mm. articulate, you write out the why, the big idea, like what are you passionate about? Why do you care? Why should others care? Right. And then around that circle, you have maybe four or five supporting circles. And those are your main messages that tell the story. So if you were to go around each of those second level circles, you would tell the whole story um, of what you are intending to share. And then from each of the secondary circles, you have maybe three, four boxes. And in there you put the facts, like what are the supporting facts that support that particular message? Um, so it's a visual map on a single page. Um, you know, over and over as entrepreneurs were asked, oh, what do you do? Stand up and give your elevator pitch. Um, and even when we're in a podcasting situation or we're in uh, an interview with a journalist there's key messages that we want to share you know and so Mm. this map is like this way of putting together a flow um, that eases those communications Mm, fascinating i'll have to explore that a little more all right now what's the best way to happy to What's the best way to keep a client on track? I find in quantum surfing, there's the best way to stay on track is almost to believe that you are. Um, mm-hmm. To give yourself some grace and understanding. To not always be coming at yourself with harsh judgments or, or berating yourself because in your perception you're off target best way to accelerate is to say okay well there must be a reason that I'm I'm you know kind of been in this little eddy over here and then consciously move forward um, in right timing and so I find that it's kind of letting go of a lot of judgment just trusting that it's all flowing in the right direction is an accelerator in and of itself mm. Yeah, I love that. Being being kinder to ourselves is um, something that I think we can take on board in a lot of different areas. So much, yes, absolutely. Turning that inner critic to go back in their box from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) 
A friend of mine gave me a book. Uh, the title of it is um, "Your you know, Inner Critic is a Big Jerk." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's very playful, you know. It's comical because we all have that yeah. voice, and it's just a matter yeah. of yeah, you know, really putting it all into perspective and allowing ourselves mm. more grace, more kindness. Yeah, love it. All right, and what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? To be authentically who you are, to not shy away from that, to not feel like you have to compare against others, to just step into your own beauty and magic and learn how to trust that your uniqueness is also your genius. Mm. Beautifully said. Beautifully said, I love that. All right, well, thanks for getting us through the buzz and thanks for this conversation, Monica. I've really enjoyed this. Now, where can people find out more about the work you do, find out more about the... Is it Tuvalu? Tavola. 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 Tavola Resort. Yes. And also maybe get in touch and say thanks for what you shared today. Oh, thank you so much for that. Uh, yeah, for the resort, you can find us on tavolafiji.com. That's T-A-V-O-L-A-F-I-J-I.com. You can also find us, Tavola Fiji, on Facebook and Tavola Fiji on Instagram. And then for quantum surfing, uh, we're on quantumsurfing.com. And uh, we also have an Instagram account um, called Quantum Surfing. So all of those locations, you can find me. And if you direct message on Instagram, I am delighted to reply and always so wonderful to hear from people who are interested in the practice. Excellent. And we'll include those links in the show notes. So do you have some parting advice for our listener today, Monica? I feel that we're all on a hero's journey. And you're the hero of your journey. And you know, no one becomes the hero without slaying a few dragons and falling into a few mud puddles and <laughs> you know, having to solve for those challenges. If you weren't going through those ups and downs, you just wouldn't be the hero. So I suppose my parting advice is when life gets you down, just say, well, darn, I know I'm a hero. So where's the funny twist in this particular story that I'm going to emerge as a more fully-fledged hero than before this challenge confronted me? Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that. I, I've done quite a bit of reading of Joseph Campbell's work and, yes. and also some of the subsequent movie producers that have based, like George Lucas, who's based most of the Star Wars film on that whole structure and then mm-hmm. looking to analyze what is what is the hero's journey and the, the kind of the compact version is the 12-step um, hero's journey that I can remember and I often think to myself when I have those thoughts of I am the hero of my own life and where am I at right now and I can say okay I've just I've just gone into the <laughs> into the abyss here and I need to slay some dragons or or here here I'm in I'm in the resurrection mode so things are just all coming together now. I've been through the fire. So it it helps to actually understand that a little bit because you can tell the cycles and you know that, you know, um it helps you also appreciate when things are going really well and you know there's probably going to be another cycle somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the the joy of the hero's journey. I just find that taking that perspective gives us more space to kind of breathe and say, okay, yes, this is Mm. simply a a twist in the story, and the story wouldn't be interesting without this twist. A twist, that's right. All right, finally, Monica, who else should I get on the show and why? Oh... Wonderful question. Uh, I have a dear friend, Michael Collette. Uh, we went to business school together. 
And he is a four-time serial entrepreneur. And I love the way he embarks on each of his ventures, how he chooses each of them. Um, and the way he puts it is uh, that he only will jump into a new venture if he can feel that his tail is wagging. <laughs> uh, and so there's this sense of excitement and exuberance and the thrill. And the way he thinks about it as well, it, you know, he has to have that feeling first. And then he thinks of it as almost like a movie script. And mm. he and I went to business school together at, at UCLA and, um, you know, then I went on to Disney and Lucasfilm. So I've spent time in entertainment and he, he thinks of his venture as like a movie script. Okay. What's the story? Can I tell this story? Is it an exciting story to tell? Um, who are the players? How do I cast the roles in this film and so forth? Um, so the way in which he puts together the initial stages of his ventures is, to me, simply fascinating. So I'd highly recommend a conversation with Michael. Okay, well, we'll get an introduction to Michael from you, and I'm looking forward to that conversation. It sounds like he's incorporated the whole hero's journey concept into his planning process. <laughs> All right, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today on the Innova Buzz podcast, Monica. I've really enjoyed our conversation. I'm looking forward to keeping in touch and maybe getting to Fiji at some stage when we can travel again from Australia in particular. But I certainly encourage people to check out the website, check out the photographs, and if you're tempted, get in touch with Monica and see how you can visit the resort. Thank you so very much for having me on today, Jürgen. It's really been a delight to have this conversation. Um, I really appreciate the opportunity to share both Fiji and quantum surfing with you and with your audience. It's a true pleasure. Thanks, Monica. I hope you enjoyed that really fascinating and insightful conversation with Monica and took something away from her episode. I invite you to try the intuitive walk for yourself. Go for a walk without your phone or any other listening devices and at each turn of the path, just ask which direction do I feel like taking. Don't hesitate, just go in that direction. Tune into your feelings and notice what's in the environment and what's coming up for you. Imagine if you could tap into your intuition more often and notice all the opportunities that are around you yet get ignored. What difference could that make in your business and your life? Monica's episode can be found at innovabiz.co forward slash Monica Lawrence. That is M-O-N-I-C-A-L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Monica Lawrence. There you'll also find contact information for getting in touch with Monica, as well as links to her website, to the Quantum Surfing website, to the Tavola Fiji Villa website, and Monica's social media pages, as well as the other resources we spoke about in our conversation. If you've listened this far into the show, thank you, first of all, and I have a challenge to reward you. If you've loved this conversation, and why wouldn't you, and think it would be useful to one other person, be brave enough to share this conversation with that one other person. And... I'm guessing that in the 500 and something or other other episodes that we've published up until right now, there's at least one there that is equally as valuable to you as this episode. So go ahead and pick your favorite number or take a 30 second glance through the past episodes. And between now and our next episode, listen to one of the others and then write me a note on LinkedIn to tell me which episode you picked, why you picked it, and what your biggest takeaway was. Let's start a conversation. 
Monica suggested that we have a conversation with serial entrepreneur Michael Collette on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Michael, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast, courtesy of Monica Lawrence. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to leave a review on this episode so that we can get to know you and why you listen. Also, it will help us make the podcast even better for you. Simply go to lovethepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz to pick your preferred platform. And you can follow the show by going to followthepodcast.com forward slash InnovaBuzz. If you'd like a peek behind the curtain into how we put together this show, go to innovabuzz.co forward slash flywheel, where you can access a free gift my team and I made for you, a short audio program that walks you through the entire InnovaBuzz flywheel. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing and your podcast into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast, where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.